You're listening to What the Tech, a podcast powered by the Computer Science Department of UCalgary, here to deconstruct complex computer science concepts bit by bit and explain what the tech is going on. My name is Paolo. My name is Lynn. This week, we're switching it up with an episode showcasing some of the computer science clubs at UCalgary. We'll go through what the clubs are about and why you should consider joining them if you're a student here at UCalgary. First up, we have Oliver Morish from the Game Design Club, followed by Andrew Barnett from the Computer Science Undergraduate Society, and finally, we have Jeremy Stewart and Emily Baird from the Information Security Club. Hope you enjoy. Thank you, Oliver, for coming onto the show. Oh, I'm happy to be here. It's really exciting. Why don't we start off with who are you, uh, what are you currently doing, um, what year are you, and what's going on in your life right now? I am Oliver Morish. I'm a fourth-year computer science student uh, concentrating in theoretical computer science. And I'm the new president of the Game Design Club at U of C. We're a club dedicated to building games. So I build games, and my job is to help people build games and get started and get on the right path. Cool. That's awesome. We're going to kind of go into more into exactly what the club's about in a second here. Um, but why don't you tell us kind of a little bit about yourself um, prior to the club? Give us your first experience or first time that you can recall with a computer. With a computer, it goes back as far as like age five or something, uh, the computer labs in school. But uh, in terms of programming and computer science, I didn't start until my first year of engineering, actually. That's where I started out. So I totally flunked out of my first year of engineering. I just wasn't ready for it. So I, I bounced around a little bit after that. And then I remembered that the only courses I did well in and really enjoyed were um, my programming class and linear algebra. So I came back and did much better in computer science. I think that's where I should have been to begin with. And I stuck with it. So now I'm in my fourth year of that. That's awesome. Yeah, that's so cool. And video games um, is, a, is a big part of computer science, as we've kind of discovered throughout the show. What was your first experience with a video game? Like, what was your favorite childhood video game? Or Oh, I grew up on the Pokemon games. So yes, that's uh, awesome. RPGs that you can play for hundreds of hours. Uh, those <laughs> were my bread and butter growing up. And when you were uh, playing these games, like, did you ever think like, oh... I might want to do this. I, I might want to get into maybe even making these types of games. Actually, it almost didn't even occur to me that, you know, people make these things, yeah. uh, which, which sounds bizarre. Like it's, it, they don't come out of nowhere. People, a lot of people uh, build these and a lot of people from different fields. Funny thing is I was learning how to program. I was a couple years into my degree. Then it just occurred to me one day that, oh, I actually have a skill set that I could apply to making video games. These, this medium that I've been consuming for my entire life that I adore. I'm like, oh, I can actually make those. Right. Uh, so I, I picked up Unity and I started uh, making a, in, in hindsight, not very good game that was overambitious, but it taught me a lot. And that's what got me into it. Well, where was this uh, kind of realization of yours that like you can actually make these things? I don't really know. It kind of came out of nowhere. I think I was just looking for projects to work on. I was learning the basics of programming and I thought I need to build a project. I need to make something that 
I'm proud of that I can, you know, put on my resume that looks cool, that I'm very happy with and teach me as I'm uh, building it. And then I thought, okay, well, what do I enjoy consuming? What would, what would I use mm-hmm. for instance? And most of the software I consume, we don't always think of it as software, but uh, that was video games. And so I went, Oh, that makes perfect sense. I'm going to try and build one. That's so, and for, and for the people that are listening to this, that aren't very familiar with the kind of the building blocks or the learning tools of computer science, what is unity? Like, how would you describe it? Unity is a game engine. So it's the one that our club recommends. And what, what a game engine is, is it's kind of the glue that keeps all the components together. Okay. So all video games have, or most video games have artwork, they have music, they have sound effects, they have voice acting, they have a lot of code behind the scenes. There are so many different aspects to it. And what a game engine like Unity does is it gives you the tools to stick those all together and define how they interact with each other uh, so that you end up with a game. So, you know, you'll define what happens when two objects bump into each other. You know, does a sound play? Does something happen behind the scenes? Do you flip a variable? Do you have uh, some bizarre animation play? Do you have audio? Like it, it all kind of ties together and the engine is what keeps that going. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so making games is what you're all kind of about. And that's what led you to being part of this awesome club that uh, you are now the president of. Uh, I'm, I'm curious though, where did it start? How did you uh, get involved in the first place. My first introduction to the club was I attended one of the meet and greets mm. at the beginning of a year. Um, and I was incredibly anxious. I, I, I don't do well with people sometimes. I, I was terrified going into this meet and greet, but then I remembered that everybody in there definitely has played video games and is absolutely okay with talking about them. Mm. And that's what I'm good at talking about. I've played so many games. So mm-hmm. uh, I forced myself to go in there and I met a whole bunch of people who I just absolutely adore. Very friendly. Uh, all sorts of geeks and just people who are very passionate about creating things. Mm. And they just kind of dragged me in. So I, I, I couldn't leave after that. I had to climb my way to the top. And, uh, <laughs> and this and was I, in your first year or second year then well, once you actually transferred into computer science? Well, funny thing is, even though I was building games before this, I actually only joined the club last year. Oh, okay. So uh, we had a very big shift in our executive team. We lost, mm-hmm. I think, our entire or all but one of our executives. So it was, there was a power vacuum and I was very passionate and I was building things. And mm. so they said, okay, yeah, go ahead. You're in charge. That's and, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's how I got here. Yeah. Going into more, um, about what you guys actually do. Um, you know, you mentioned broad overview, you guys, uh, build make games um are there any specific kind of uh events or activities that you hold or any other kind of uh throughout the year we mostly encourage people to build their own groups Hmm. which uh can be quite difficult so we're here to pair people up if they need it (laughs) Um, game development is very open-ended 
because there are just so many genres and there are so many different skill sets that people can bring to the table. Yeah. So we prefer to leave things open-ended. So if you go into our Discord server and you say, okay, I want to make a puzzle game, but I can't do art. I can only program. Then you can try and find an artist. On the other hand, if you're an artist and you say, I want to make a platformer, but I can only do art and I need a programmer, I need musicians. Yeah. Uh, that's why we're there. Uh, we try not to put people in boxes or uh, build teams or tell you what to make because mm -hmm. that tends to limit creativity and there's just so many options in game development. Mm -hmm. So in, in terms of um, actual static events that we do, uh, we're trying to run tutorials during our meetings throughout the year. We're currently in the process of booking that and getting people who are very good at uh, teaching and very passionate about what they do. Yeah. Um, and also we encourage people to do game jams, which are like hackathons, but for games. Ooh, oh, cool. So, Interesting. So you build a game over the course of 48 hours. Um, we usually endorse the global game jam, which takes place every, I believe it's at the end of February every year. Okay. Um, and I took part in that earlier this year and, or earlier last year rather. And it was um, just fantastic. It was chaotic but it proved to me that I could finish a project and ship it out and, you know, actually build a game in such a small amount of time. And I think everybody should do that. It's a fantastic experience. And so can you go a little bit more into depth of how these game jams work um, from start to finish? Like, what is the process? The process? Well, uh, usually they're in person, but increasingly nowadays they're remote which makes them even more accessible i think yeah. mm -hmm. um, the process is a lot of communication so i usually do game jams with one of my executives uh, ben and we just sit there for an hour at the beginning of those 48 hours we're given a prompt to work from it's like mm -hmm. build a game based on this keyword you know uh, the one we did during Global Game Jam was Repair, for instance. Repair, and interesting, okay. Then we just sit there and we write down as many ideas and we go, is this fun? I don't know if this is fun. Uh, can we, are, are we actually capable of building something like this in our time constraints? Do we, are, like, what are we capable of versus what is you know, uh, fun to play? Yeah. And then we plan it out, usually poorly, because we have to go back and fix everything a little bit. Uh, and... A lot of it is just, you know, working in a team or a partnership and just going, hey, will this work? I don't know. Uh, will doing this break everything? I don't know. Um, and so the general style of it is just a learning experience, learning how to work in a team, I think, mm -hmm. is the big takeaway. Uh, and awesome. with mixed results sometimes, <laughs> but yeah. it's very fun. That's and so for, awesome. And so for people that are kind of thinking about uh, keeping an eye on uh, these game jams and all that, is there like a place that you can recommend maybe like a resource for people to find like where upcoming events are or maybe maybe not game jams, but like similar, maybe similar events? That's a really good question. Um, the best website you can go to is itch.io which is, um, it reminds me of these old flash game sites, but it's uh, a lot of user-generated content. So people upload 
just all the little games that they make. You can yeah. put up a little storefront there. We, our club actually has one. I've got one myself, as do most of our executives. And they also have a section where they have a calendar of all ongoing game jams, and there is yeah. always one running at any given time. Well, that's and that's, that's awesome. That's so cool because, like, obviously, like you know, your your big games, like uh, I don't know, like Witcher or even like your you know Skyrim games, like they they start somewhere. Right? Someone gets an idea from somewhere, and I assume that it's probably from these smaller kind of fun. Would you would you consider going into a uh, into maybe working on a on a game that is very large? Oh, absolutely! Like I would love to work in the industry. It's a it's. Well, it's not terribly hard to break in if you know how to program. I think yeah. that's the best skill you can go into game development with, mm -hmm. if you ask me, though you do need a bit of everything. Mm -hmm. um, we're very far away from building games like that because those are, you know, 100 plus up to 1,000 people teams with yeah. quite a lot of money. So yeah. it's a, a, very, a very different playing field with a lot more planning involved. And unfortunately, our club is relatively small so we're making stuff that is much lower level though it's still fun i think it's important to emphasize that part. <laughs> well there you go final takeaway is about game design and and your club then why do you think people should care about your 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 club or game design i think that games are not just something you build they're an art form and a lot of the time people don't think of them as that mm. but Video games really are where, you know, software and software design meets artistic expression. And I honestly believe that anybody, no matter what their skill level is, because we accept anybody, uh, you can bring something to the table and you have a story to tell or an experience to create. And I think that uh, we can help bring that out in whatever form that takes. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. And... For those who are listening to this and are interested in joining your club, how can they do so? Well, since we're all online this semester, we're running all our events on our Discord server, and I've tried to put links all over our social media. So uh, the best place to find us would probably be our Instagram, which is at uh, UFC Game Design. Okay. Uh, or you can find us on itch.io, and you can see some of the games that we've made, which is... Um, ufcgamedesignclub.itch.io. That's awesome. All right. Anything else you want to add? I could, I could leave off with some good advice that gets repeated a lot, but I think everybody needs to hear it. Okay. Absolutely. Go for it. So uh, quite often people who are starting out building games, uh, they come in with very high expectations. They want to build the next Witcher. They want to build the next Skyrim or the next um, you know, Cyberpunk 2077. These games that cost a lot of money to make and are with very big teams. Um, I think my best advice I can give is start small. Build something like Pong, but with a little twist on it. You know, uh, And you'll realize how difficult even basic things like that can be but you'll also build up the skills that you need to create your dream project down the line. So start small. It's very important and build up from there. That's awesome advice. And that's so true. Honestly, like you can't run before you start walking and you can't walk until you start crawling, right? Absolutely. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much, Oliver, for uh, joining us today and uh, hope you have a wonderful day. Yeah, you as well. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. 
So welcome, Andrew, to the show. Thanks for having me. Amazing. Um, so we'll just start out with a quick uh, icebreaker. Why don't you just tell us kind of who are you? Uh, what are you currently doing? And uh, maybe a quick overview of the club. Uh, so I'm a second year student doing a dual degree in computer science and business. And I'm also this year, I am the VP finance for the computer science undergraduate society. That's CSUS or CSIS. And we are um, a, a social club for computer science students. We do a lot of both academic and non-academic events. We bring people together. Uh, we have a club room where people can just hang out. We can socialize. You can get help with your computer science projects and really just you know get involved with the computer science community. That's awesome. And so we'll kind of go and unpack uh, all of that in a moment here. But I was uh, curious, how did you even get started with computer science? Uh, so it really started in grade seven. I fell in with a group of people who... Um, we got into programming and so we had a teacher that would let us use the computer labs at lunch once a week. So we just hang out there. We'd go to some of these online sites. I think one of our more popular ones at the time was Code Academy, but I think there was code.org and a few others at the time. Mm -hmm. And we just spent the lunch hour teaching ourselves to code. Um, so then the following year, I actually created an iOS app for students. It was a sort of homework planner, calendar reminder type app. Um, I got it published to the App Store, which was cool. And then that, I just sort of continued to learn on my own a little bit throughout high school. And so it just naturally led into the computer science program for university. And so when you applied to the U of C, did you originally apply into computer science and business or did you, did you add that on? I applied into both. Okay. Uh, because I've always found sort of the business side of things to be very interesting. Yeah. Uh, in addition to the code, right? So it's it's good to have sort of different perspectives. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so you're in first year. You know, you you get into the dual degree program, and you know you're you're doing both computer science courses and business courses. What was your initial kind of reaction to being within both of these programs? It was a little bit overwhelming, the whole university thing, right? You're suddenly in this very big school, you know, trying to find classes and trying to meet people. Is It's it's a lot to take in. And so it, it mm -hmm. definitely, you know, took a little bit of getting used to. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I can imagine. And then um, how did you get introduced to CSIS? Uh, well, so I, in the first week of school, I ran around looking for all of my classes ahead of time, just so that I wouldn't be panicking trying to find places. Yeah. And mm. on my way to one of them, I walked past the thesis room. And as I did, one of my friends from high school was in the room and like got super excited when I walked by, like she stood up and she waved at me and she was like, come in, come in, come meet my friends. And so I just, I walked in and I said, hi. And it was super scary to walk into a room full of strangers. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. But it was cool. Like I already had one friend and then I just started hanging out in that room more often and meeting people who were in there and getting to know everyone. What, what were you kind of doing in these rooms? Just like hanging out or? Yeah, a lot of different things. So, you know, I would often go there in between classes um, just to eat my lunch talk to somebody else in there who happened to be eating at the time, you know, make a friend or sometimes I'd go in there after all my classes were done because I had mostly morning classes. So I'd go in there at the end of the day and just work for a few hours, get out a few assignments. 
um, you know, maybe I join in in an interesting conversation if that was happening, or I'd hear some of the other students talking about, you know, um, future courses or some of the stuff that they were doing that I thought was cool, pretty interesting. So like, mm -hmm. you can do lots of different things in that room. Yeah, that's awesome. From what I'm getting is it starts off as you go into the room and just hang out yep. and kind of get connected with the community. And then, you know, you decide, okay, I want to be more involved with this community. What, what happens? Like you, you get a position or what does that position look like? Yeah, well, so you can be as involved as you want to be. We've got a lot of people who just, you know, work in the room regularly and they, they become very well connected and they make a lot of friends that way. Yeah. And then if mm -hmm. you want to get involved with sort of, you know, organizing the events and helping out a bit more, which is what I wanted to do, I just applied for the junior executive program mm. that we run starting in the winter semester. Okay. And what does this entail? Uh, so it's open to first and second year applicants. You submit an application. And then if you're selected for an interview, you'll do that. The interview is about 10 minutes. And it's really just a, a bit of a get to know you for the execs. Um, and then if they still want you to join, they'll um, come back and say, we want you to, you know, be a part of the club, at which point you will um, just basically become a member of the team. There's a lot of like, we all have on the exec, we have official titles, but we all sort of help out wherever we can. It really mm -hmm. is a team effort to organize events. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so you just become part of that and you can, you know, get be as involved as you want to be, uh, you know, trying to organize some of the stuff that we provide for the uh, computer science students. Now you've had to move a lot of your planning and some of your events online. Can you kind of speak to how you guys are doing that and what exactly is available in the next, you know, couple months maybe? Yeah, so we spent a lot of time thinking about how we and discussing how we want to uh, take advantage of the online platform. Uh, we definitely want to provide as close to an in-person experience as reasonably possible. Mm. Uh, yes. So in so um, the main thing we've done is we've got our execs, we've instructed all execs to regularly sit in the what we call the MS-130 virtual, which is just a voice channel. And so um, that at least puts someone in there. And so at any point throughout the day, if someone wants to have a conversation, they can jump in that voice channel and have a conversation. We regularly have upwards of 10 people just in the channel having a conversation about whatever. It can be school related, it can be not school related. Um, and so we've tried to replicate that sort of family dynamic of you know, the CSIS room where you just come and go and talk about whatever you want. Yeah. Um, and that's in addition to a lot of virtual events that we've been working on and starting to host. And like, what are, what are some of the uh, maybe upcoming events? Because, uh, you know, one thing that we're trying to do with this particular episode is just kind of give students kind of an idea of what to look forward to. Yeah. So um, a few weeks ago, we did a video game night with the engineering club. And so we had about 70 people who spent a few hours just playing video games together. Um, we've got a meet and greet this week, and we're looking at doing an introduction to Bash academic event later. Bash is the language used in the command line in Windows. So we're, we're looking at doing some other um, events in the future with that kind of stuff. Um, I know we're thinking about doing a LaTeX event. So all these like little smaller events, um, I am aware you guys also have a sort of bigger event that uh, usually uh, happens every year. Um, can you speak to uh, what's happening with that maybe this year? 
Yeah, so in, in past years, we've hosted a, a hackathon that is free for computer science students. And uh, we've often even invited students from outside computer science or from other universities. We had a few people from Mount Royal last year show up, for instance, um, awesome. where it's just, it's 24 hours, you're given a problem or a topic, and then you have 24 hours to code and solve it. And then at the end, we have judges um, who will uh, go around and you can explain your project. When um, we provide free food throughout the whole event. Uh, so it, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we're still trying to figure out how it's going to work this year. We don't yet know if winter is going to be online or not. So we're trying to figure out if it's online, how do we do that? If it's in person, what other measures have to be in place? Yeah. Fingers crossed this does not continue. <laughs> yeah, well, it, that's what this whole online thing is about. It's like, how do you figure out a way to do things that's still fun and interesting that's also reasonably feasible for yeah, sure yeah. for sure yeah, yeah. But, but i think the like support pillars that ceases offers to its students like just like hey if you need someone to talk to you need help with whatever right like that is essential and and you can do yeah. that online you can do that through a zoom call yeah we have our discord um, server um that's always open we've got a lot of activity there's always people around to answer questions to talk to mm -hmm. you know a dude showed up the other day it was just like hey and so somebody else responded hey and then you had a conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah, it all starts with a hey. Exactly. Yeah. You um, just got to join hey. and, you know, say hi, and then you can make a friend. <laughs> yeah, that is awesome. And, yeah, go ahead. And for students that might be struggling a little bit with, like, the online adjustment, do you guys have resources for that as well within CSIS, or do you guys direct them to another, maybe like a university resource? Well, there's a lot of older year students in CSIS who can help out some of the younger or earlier year students try to figure out where things are. And so, you know, the right answer might be to talk to someone to figure out, you know, what might a good strategy for this be? Yes. Um, there's a lot of, you know, like, I'm happy to share my tips with old with first years about like how to stay motivated online. Right. Yeah. I know that's a challenge. Right. So there's lots of us who are willing to help each other out. And if we can't, we can redirect people to someone who can. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's really awesome to hear. Cause I know that there are uh, a lot of students that, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's very difficult, right. To, to now just be working from home and studying from home and yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it, it's quite an adjustment. Are, yeah. Students are, are lucky to have all the resources and it sounds like you guys are providing a really, you know, valuable opportunity to um, connect with, with the community. Right. And, and um, you know, have these conversations and uh, keep in touch and and um, pass on that knowledge uh, as mm -hmm. as you go through your degree um, kind of share that stuff with with the younger years and it's just this this loop of uh, you know information experiences that ultimately is a huge value to anyone coming into the the department right yeah um, I guess as a final takeaway, like what do you think it makes CSIS different? Um, why should people care about CSIS and, uh, why should people join? Well, I think Dadeef summed this up very well when he said CSIS is a family, right? We, we are very open. We're very welcoming. Uh, you know, we want to make friends. We want to help each other out. We want to have fun together. 
Um, and that I think that's really important, especially when we're online and we're you know often feeling a bit isolated to have a group of people who you can go to and just hang out, whether you're playing video games, working on an assignment together. It's good to have that that group of like-minded people that you can you can count on being there that you can you know really get to know and uh, have a good time with. Awesome. Yeah, that's and awesome. And how do you, how would you recommend um, like just students kind of reach out? You mentioned there was a Discord, but is yes, there so there's a Discord server? Yep. Uh, there is an Instagram at CSU Calgary, and we've just launched a website CSUS.club. CSUS.club. That's a website you can go to that will have links to both of those, the Instagram and the Discord. Yep. And so if you want to join CSIS, you can definitely join the Discord. And just like I said earlier, just say hi and you'll start a conversation. That's awesome. And uh, one actually kind of backtracking a little bit here, I'll probably place this part in a little earlier, but uh, what's one thing that uh, you personally hope, you know, you being a executive of the club um, and you've been there um, you know that you're you're going on your second year in in this uh, organization. What do you personally hope to see CSIS become um, by the end of the year or by the end of your degree, even? I'd like to see CSIS become, I guess, sort of the the flagship, really, of the you know computer science department. Sort of the place that everybody goes to for help, to make friends, to get to know people. Yeah. Um, and I'd like to continue to grow the club in spite of whatever um, pandemic-related challenges and, you know, to be able to get through this and to continue to grow um, through the course of the year and the rest of my degree. That's, that's awesome. There you go. Cool. Uh, anything else you want to kind of mention? or I think that about covers it. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much, Andrew. We really appreciated your time and the conversation. Yeah, thanks for having me on. This is a lot of fun. Welcome, Jeremy and Emily, to the show. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. It's good to be here. Um, so why don't we start off with just a quick icebreaker just to get you guys comfortable. Um, but just go ahead and tell us kind of who you are, um, what you're currently doing, and uh, as well as your year. What is yours? Yeah, sure. So uh, my name is Emily. I'm a third year computer science student at U of C. I'm actually currently on internship. Um, so cool projects. Most of them actually have to do with this club right now. Uh, so some of them are secrets, uh, but uh, maybe you'll have to join to find out. Oh, okay. Ooh, That's nice. very mysterious. We like that. And then Jeremy. And uh, yeah, my name's Jeremy Stewart. I'm a fourth year computer science student um, and president of the Information Security Club. Uh, projects I'm working on on the side is probably the same as Emily. Uh, we've been, we spent a lot of the summer working on things for the club, uh, workshops that we're building, uh, a competition that's going to be coming up with uh, things inside of it we can't really tell you about because uh, it's going to be a competition. Um, yeah, and getting Ooh. getting stuff organized for what's going to be a big year for us. That's great, great. And so uh, we'll, we're going to unpack a little bit more of that and uh, what you guys are actually uh, doing 
this fall semester. But uh, one thing we like to kind of get on the show is just a little bit of background story on uh, where you guys are coming from. And so you're both computer science. When was your first uh, interaction with a computer? When did you first know that you wanted to go into computer science? Uh, I can take this one first, I guess. Uh, Those are two very different dates for me. I grew up in kind of a techie household, but I never felt like I was techie enough to go into computer science. I think I was surrounded by people who were a little bit better than me, you know, my friends in high school and my family and stuff. And I was just like, yeah, that's not my thing. It's like their thing. So I never thought that computer science was something that I would go into. But then I kind of was out in the quote unquote real world for a little while. And uh, I realized that I really wanted a career that was project based, that I was making something, that I was doing something that was, you know, equal parts um, creative and cerebral and computer science was a good fit. So I came into it knowing nothing. Um, but uh, but I knew that it was it, it, it ticked all the boxes that I was looking for for something really rewarding. Cool. Jeremy, any thoughts? And for me, um, I grew up in a very small town in sort of the middle of nowhere, and I had a neighbor who had a computer, and I hung out at his house all the time because he had a computer and loved it. Uh, Then went to high school, and math was really hard in high school, and I just decided I'm not going to head in that direction. I can still use computers, but I don't need to study them. And... um, (laughs) decided to go into other areas in university, but I was always interested in uh, information security. Um, So I found it through like political science and studying strategy and uh, politics and uh, security, and uh, eventually ended up going right back into that computer area that I'd said was never gonna happen again. Um, And now I'm in a computer science degree. No, that's great. And and so you started in uh, a poli-sci degree, you said. Yeah, um, I, I actually have a degree in poli-sci in history. Um, oh, no way. Yeah, you and so- completed the entire degree. Yeah, I, I did that one and uh, did research on um, like cybersecurity and espionage. And uh, the, the one I was really interested in was uh, critical infrastructure. So like hacking the electricity grid and things like that. And the problems that that posed for security um, and like attacking uh, countries attacking each other this way um, and was really interested and wanted to get more into that area. And when I went and looked for jobs, uh, people said, oh, that's that's really great that you know that, but you don't know anything technical about this and we need you to know that stuff. So yeah, it pushed me towards computer science. And, oh, and Emily, you don't have a secret kind of degree that you also have completed. <laughs> well, uh, uh, <laughs> as it turns out, yes, I do. <laughs> oh no, no we've been lied to, we've been duped. <laughs> Uh, so my first degree was in linguistics, um, and I really enjoyed it. It has very little to do with computer science, um, except for like weird niche moments where it comes up and the crossover. Um, you know, I think they're both about taking things that people use all the time and they use every day, but they never really think about and saying, hold on, how does that actually work? Mm, yeah. And so unlike... Jeremy here, though, I'm assuming you didn't really get introduced to the uh, info security side of things or any any kind of interest into that in your linguistics degree. No. Uh, 
that I'm assuming came a little later. When when would you say you, you kind of got interested into that? Uh, so I ended up in a weird spot where I just had to take a certain number of courses. They had to be at particular times. And the only ones that fit were InfoSec courses. And um, I, I wasn't uninterested, but I also didn't know that it was going to be something I really enjoyed. Um, mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I took the first... In, intro to InfoSec course, and then I followed it up with cryptography. Um, and uh, my friends make fun of me because at some point along the way, I said, um, I said that I I wasn't going to commit myself to InfoSec until I was sure that I really liked it. And then months yeah. later, uh, here I was like helping run this club and like <laughs> <laughs> super involved. Yeah. And they're like, so have you decided yet? Do you like it yet? <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. And how did you get even introduced to running the club or, or being part of the club? Did you meet Jeremy at this point already or did you meet through the club? So I was friends with a couple of people who were all planning this club and there I was saying that I wasn't going to dedicate myself to InfoSec and then all of my friends were involved in this InfoSec club. So I started yeah. going um, and then an exec position came up and uh, I, I took the opportunity because uh, I was really enjoying the club and it also looked like all of my friends were having a lot of fun and I wanted to help out. Ah, uh, so meeting Jeremy was through the club. Um, no, we were friends before that, and I, I watched him go through the process of starting the club, and somehow it oh, didn't okay. scare me off. <laughs> I, I think we met in Computer Science 313, which was a lot of natural language processing and like regular expressions, and Emily was just always about two steps ahead of the rest of us because she had the linguistics background, um, <laughs> and we got to know each other in that class, and that was right around the time we were starting the club up. And what was the motivation for starting the club up? You're, you're the original founder then. Uh, yeah, I'm one of the co-founders. There was uh, a group of about four of us. I knew I wanted to go into this area and we looked around. There's an intro to information security course uh, in second year, 329. Is that with Ryan Henry? Yeah, with Dr. Henry. Um, and other than that, you kind of have to wait until fourth year before you get um, any more of the the, the uh sorry, information security or network security courses. Um, mm. And we didn't want to wait. And <laughs> so uh, we looked around and we saw that other universities had uh, these like capture the flag and information security and cybersecurity clubs. They were pretty common, but we didn't seem to have one. And we have a concentration in information security. And we just thought there's definitely a niche here that like we just don't have filled. And so our original plan was that if we could start this club, maybe we could find people that could teach us this stuff. Yeah. And, and wait, sorry, what is capture the flag? Is this like code for something? Sorry. No yeah. The, the first time I told someone that we were going to start a club with capture the flag, they're like, oh, that's great. How are you going to do it in the winter? Well, and I realized they thought we were going to be running around actually trying to find flags on campus. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, that's what I would assume. Yep. Yeah, um, I forget. So a capture the flag competition in information security is a hacking competition. Think of it like Jeopardy, where there's all these different sort of questions or challenges that are up and you pick one and you start working on it. Um, and you're given something that you have to break into to find something that's called a flag. The flag is just a string. Um, it's buried somewhere in the code or you have to do something to get the flag out of a program or a website. Um, and then you submit the flag for points. And oh. that's the whole competition. And there's all kinds of different uh, challenges and like styles and different things that you can do. 
And uh, so when we started the club, we we tried one or two of these ourselves to be like, what are these? Are they any? Are they interesting at all? And found out that um, we were in second year. Yeah, we just finished like second year courses and found out that things like assembly, which we do, and it feels like a prerequisite for just other courses and it doesn't feel too useful. Assembly ended up being really useful um, for capture the flag competitions. And it suddenly felt like all the stuff we've learned is actually really useful. Um, yeah. <laughs> and we could start putting it to good use. It was uh, it was a great feeling. <laughs> that's that's awesome. So, sorry to cut you off uh, about the, the question. So you were talking about uh, the founders and all of that as well. Yeah, so, yeah, so we looked around, we saw that this club didn't exist. Um, there were other people that were interested and we just started asking our friends if anyone was curious and eventually four of us got together, um, started putting it together. And yeah, we, we thought if we can get people to teach us, then we can finally learn this. And we played ourselves because we're <laughs> the ones that are teaching it. Um, and so we had to learn it all. Uh, so last year in the fall, uh, we got all the paperwork together, got the club founded, uh, but then had oh, to take yeah. the time to actually learn all the material that we taught in the winter semester uh, last year when we started holding our, our first meetings. Yeah. Yeah, we, we got everything together, got organized. We went to every single classroom and pitched the club. So every computer science student probably saw us uh, like four or five times at the beginning <laughs> of the winter semester. And at our first meeting, we... We counted 175 people at the beginning of the meeting, and more people were coming in after we started, and we were we were really overwhelmed. In fact, like it it was a problem that so many people had shown up because we hadn't planned on another room that was that big, uh, so we had to go back and like replan everything uh, for for that that semester. And then we wow. ended up throttling the Wi-Fi with how many Linux ISOs we were trying to download. Yeah, so 175 people all trying to download the same file, the same Linux distribution, and it just, the, the download rate just tanked. And people were sitting oh. there being like, yeah, it says it's going to be 14 hours to download this file. <laughs> oh my god. Our idea was that there might be 20 to 40 people in the room and they could download it in about 15 minutes. But when oh, yeah. over uh, like 170 people showed up, uh, yeah, it, yeah, we had to think on our feet to, to get everything sorted out. <laughs> So that, that first meeting, uh, we, we look back on it and we can laugh now, but a lot of people showed up. We sort of did an intro to the club and then we were going to install a virtual machine uh, with, with Kali Linux. It's a, a security build um, with a lot of tools. So uh, yeah, we were planning on doing that at the meeting. We thought maybe 40 people, we had like five execs at the time, so they could sort of help smaller groups. Then we end, ended up having like 170 people and we were running around to each person, helping them install things. Yeah, it, it worked. It worked out in the end. Most people got it installed. Um, but yeah, after that, we started our regular workshops uh, where where we teach people, um, we say like the, the really hands-on technical skills behind uh, information security. So we focused on the capture the flag competitions last year, mm. uh, okay. which meant that you learn about binary exploitation. So that's the stuff that uses like assembly and memory manipulation. And so what um, is assembly? Sorry. Oh, what is assembly? Um, yeah, assembly is a programming language. Um, it's... Okay. It's what your computer turns C code into before it gets turned into binary code, like the ones and zeros. Mm -hmm. It translates it into a language, an assembly language. Um, 
and there's a whole course in computer science on learning a, a version of this assembly language called ARM assembly. Um, it's mm. really hard to read. It's very tedious, um, but so it's the what the computer <laughs> uses uh, to translate into zeros and ones. Okay. Yep. Okay, cool. Okay. Interesting. Okay, good to know. Yeah, what are workshops focused on? So yeah, binary exploitation, yeah. reverse engineering. So like taking a file and turning it back into a program to figure out what it does. Uh, finding vulnerabilities in websites, web exploitation. Uh, cryptography is another big area. So that's mm. a lot of math. Um, trying to, to get what looks like random nonsense and turning it back into messages. Um, again, there's another course in that in the, in the computer science program. And yeah. I'm forgetting the last one. The last one is forensics. And the reason forensics. you forget it is because it's just like the bin that you throw everything else into and it doesn't fit one of the other categories. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> so if you've ever watched like, I don't know, Mr. Robot or any like hacking in TV, uh, you've probably seen people like take a file and figure out that in the file there's another file and like this sound file actually has like text hidden in it somewhere and that's that's kind of what forensics is like um, oh, finding information hidden in different places in different ways which is that's super cool. so cool yeah <laughs> whoa uh, so me I, hyped I, about this <laughs> I'm I'm kind of curious. So we were talking kind of about that um, your first kind of event with all those people, um, and Emily, I, I heard her kind of like laughing, you know, with all the technical difficulties. So where were you, Emily, in terms of like your position in the club? Because it it had formed, and and from what we were gathering from uh, Jeremy here is there was uh, four five of you guys. Um, so what was your position kind of in this early phase of the club? Uh, I was sitting there in the front row trying really hard to install Kali Linux. Uh, uh. <laughs> so I started out as just a club member. Um, uh, I was just going to the workshops um, and trying to, to keep up with the, the material that we were covering. Um, so, but yeah, in the early days, I was just I was just a member of the club um, yeah. and watching all of my friends who were on the exec just like scramble and, and make it work. So I was really impressed. So, and yeah. then as time, you just, uh, time goes, you mentioned you just got the opportunity to jump on in into the exec team and. Yeah. So as things grew, um, I think Jeremy, maybe you can speak a little more to what was going on on the exec side, but uh, some, some, VP positions opened, um, and I ended up becoming the the VP operations. Uh, I think Jeremy mentioned when when the club first started, there were five execs, and now we have uh, eleven, I believe. Considering just the amount of material that we go through and the amount of of stuff that we're offering to our members, we have to have a lot of people and have all hands on deck trying to uh, create material and and build things and coordinate different pieces to uh, to put together these events. For sure. For sure. And as the VP operations, um, it's one of the things that we're really curious about is, is uh, what is the operations going to look like this year? You know, <laughs> we, we have this whole pandemic situation. We're all online. None of us are on campus. Like, what does this InfoSec club um, and, and all of the activities look like? 
So uh, we have moved everything online. Um, we are using a, a couple of different platforms. So our biggest one is Discord. Our server is pretty active and we also uh, occasionally will be streaming or in the voice chat helping people with capture the flags or installing tools. Um, so we're really, really active on Discord. Um, and then we also are planning on streaming uh, our sessions to Twitch and to YouTube. So in terms of like what we're actually doing this semester, um, we are running uh, weekly workshops just like we were last year. Um, this year, we're actually running uh, parallel workshops in the fall. So we mm -hmm. have, we, we really want to make sure that all of these beginners who are maybe just joining the, first, the club for the first time, or maybe are even in their first year, um, that they get a baseline of knowledge um, and a chance to put these things into practice and not get overloaded by, uh, by people who are maybe a year ahead. Um, so we're going to be running a series of beginner workshops. But we're also running a series of advanced workshops with the intent of kind of carrying on from where we left off um, in the winter semester. And then by the, uh, by the end of fall semester, uh, everybody will kind of be caught up to the same level um, and able to participate in the advanced workshops. That's awesome. Yeah. And all of these workshops, um, as you mentioned, are uh, kind of preparing for the bigger events of, of uh, these uh, capture the flags are those still you still having those or absolutely so um, capture the flags are running kind of continuously there are lots from all over the world different universities different professional organiza organizations put them together um, and we're actually going to be hosting our own come uh, come February for our members and um, and that's going to be a really great opportunity for all of those people who've been working to build up their skills to actually put them into practice. Um, mm, but yeah. CTFs are also online, so it actually segues really nicely. It's a, a great thing for people to be able to do and kind of come together on, and work on stuff together um, and uh, break through that kind of isolation of sitting alone in your, in your bedroom on a one-way Zoom call for all of your classes. <laughs> Crazy. Oh, that's awesome. You guys are doing a lot of really good stuff. Uh, are we missing anything we, <laughs> in terms of, you know, you're, you're, you know, doing these workshops, these capture the flags or anything else yeah. that you guys are up to? Or? Yeah, we actually also have a speaker series running. Um, okay. So over the course of the semester or over the course of the entire year, actually, um, we are doing speaker events with uh, five different professionals from different aspects of the, the cybersecurity and the information security industries. Um, so we have uh, a couple of people from the academic side. We have a couple of people from the industry side. Uh, we have people who are you know, involved in hiring. Um, and we're putting together a really broad range of people and a, a broad range of expertise. Cool. Yeah and, that's, yeah, and that's designed to kind of get kids into the, or participants kind of into the mindset of getting jobs and like looking for things beyond their, their undergrad. Yeah, okay, yeah. Cool. our goal was um, that the club would sort of connect the things that you do in class, uh, these sort of academic stuff to like the skills that would be used in the industry. And the idea of the speaker series is that's going to get you in touch with what people are really mm -hmm. doing uh, that sort of hands-on in industry stuff that's happening outside. So uh, you can connect sort of what you're learning in the club with what actually happens out in the industry in the real world. Amazing. And when does this start? Our first meeting is September 21st at 6 p.m. Uh, that's when we'll be streaming. Cool. That's going to be an intro uh, and uh, tutorial for the Linux command line. 
uh, for the newest for the new members. Um, the speaker series happens throughout the year. So we do weekly workshops. Those are all hands-on. Uh, you get, we've built stuff for you to do on your computer. We'll show you something and then you get to try it. Then the speakers uh, are gonna come in every couple of weeks uh, and top, talk on a topic. And the CTF will happen in February. By that point, everyone should have a really good baseline for how to do this stuff and they'll be able to test themselves. We've got thousands of dollars in prizes, all kinds of cool swag, uh, sponsors from here in Calgary. We're really excited about it. We're sorry it can't be in person, but it's gonna be a really good time. But we're yeah. happy that you're not gonna get COVID. So that's that's yeah. the trend. Yeah. Right <laughs> we're always happy with that. Definitely worth it, definitely worth it. Before we wrap up on the, the takeaways, and I'm just kind of curious, what are you guys most personally excited for to see in this club over the upcoming year? I'm really excited for the CTF. Uh, <laughs> we've been pouring our hearts and souls into making it work. And uh, and I'm really excited to see all of that come to fruition yeah. and put it out, out in awesome. the world and, and see what people think. For myself, everyone's stuck at home right now. We're living online, watching a screen, uh, sitting alone in our rooms. I, I really like the community aspect of the club. Our Discord, like we said, is is pretty active. And I we try to just do hangouts on there. We'll, we'll, we'll work on things but it'll mostly just be people sitting down and chatting and hanging out. And I've been really thankful to have that because it helps keep me sane and yeah. helps keep me feel like I'm not alone and that there's other people out there that are interested in this stuff. And they're all really, really helpful. That's really good to hear, um, you know, that you guys have that sense of community. To build on Paulo's question, though, I'm kind of curious, where do you guys want to see this club, you know, maybe two, three, four, five years from now? Because as the founder, and it's been there since the beginning, uh, both in yourself and, and Emily, it's kind of like like the, the seed. Where do you want to see it grow into? Um, so that's one of the things we're keeping our eye on. Uh, that's our biggest sort of strategically. That's our biggest goal right now for the club is to see it still exist in oh. four or five years. Um, <laughs> so we we when we founded it, we set it up with a pretty strong constitution. We sat down. We decided what we wanted like our culture to be and how things would run. And right now, we're realizing that a lot of the executive is going to be set to graduate in the next year to two. If we don't bring new people in, this club will die pretty quickly, we think. Uh, so this year, one of our big focuses and goals is to bring on uh, new people who are interested. Uh, so we are going to be recruiting junior execs uh, who are interested. We'll mention that in our first meeting. Um, and yeah, we're going to start uh, getting them more involved and to try to see the club uh, continue past just this founding group because we're all really enthusiastic. But if, uh, if a club teaches you anything, it's that um, the only reason that these things exist is because people want them to. And if nobody wants to do this, like step up and, uh, and sort of volunteer their time and effort, um, they just won't happen. Uh, these things mm -hmm. only exist because people put a lot of work into them, all of these clubs. Um, mm -hmm. And it's great to partake in them, but it does take people to to want to step up and be a part of them. And so, yeah, in, in four or five years, I would like to see the club uh, still around and still going as strong as it is right now uh, with like a good core group of people, a large core group that can work together and uh, and help especially helped like the, the newer people that are just getting introduced. The learning curve in information security is really steep. Uh, and we all hit it pretty hard when we started things. Um, <laughs> and we wanted to be there to help others who are getting into it. Uh, I guess just to build off of the point about, you know, these things only exist because people care about them. I would really like to, um, 
to just see the, the groups of people that come in after us um, have the same freedom to kind of turn it into whatever they want. Um, so the CTFs, the speaker series, um, all of it is just like things about information security that we thought would be really cool and we wish that they existed. Um, so I would really like to, to hand it off to people with as much creative energy as, as the people that I see running it right now and, uh, and see where they take it and hope that they have the, the desire to spiral it off into something that is really valuable for them. And with the 175 people that initially got into this, like, I'm sure you guys will find someone, you know, it's just the numbers game, right? finding <laughs> the right fit. Um, I guess the last point uh, that we want to cover is just in summary, like, why should people care about info security and your club? And why should people join? Uh, in terms of why people should care about uh, information security, that's a really big question. And I think it's something that we try to answer through the club. Um, in terms of why you should join, um, for me personally, it comes mm -hmm. back to that idea of things that you just take for granted. Um, and you just assume that things work because they work. Um, but the further you dig into them, the more you realize that actually there's a lot going on. It's really interesting and complicated. Um, and you can be involved in, in making it. Um, and so in terms of information security and the, the internet and tech and all of those things, um, you know, we all interact with these things every day. We all just assume that they're always going to work, but, uh, but none of us, you know, stop to consider, oh, well, you know, why do they work? How do they work? Who built them? Um, and our club is a really good way to, to tear back that curtain and say, actually, I want to know how awesome. this, how this happens. Yeah. Um, I would say that, yeah, in order to know how, uh, to break something, you need to know how it works in the first place. And so, um, you'll learn a lot about how computers and networks uh, work uh, in order to figure out how they stop working and how they break. Um, and in computer science in our courses, in any course in a, or a program in a university, uh, you take a lot of courses and sometimes it feels like you're just taking it so you can take the next course. You're taking this because it's a prerequisite and you have to take it. And we found out that we knew so much more than we thought. Uh, by taking some of those courses that didn't seem very important. And so, uh, yeah, in our club, I think we can show you just how much uh, you actually know and what you're capable of. All right. For everyone who wants to learn more and actually find all of the great stuff that you're doing, where can these listeners go? People can find us at infosecucalgary.ca. That's our website. On there, you'll find a link to our Discord server. Um, that's where everyone hangs out. That's where uh, most of our announcements go out. Uh, we just hit social media, so you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, all of those are uh, infosecucalgary, so that's our handle on every single one of those. And uh, you can find us on there. There's announcements about our first meetings. Um, but it will all funnel you back to Discord, uh, where you will actually chat and interact with people, uh, find the announcements and the links to all of our workshops and material. And talk to our bot. Our chatbot yes. is a very important part of the Discord. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there you go. But don't confide very, too very. much in it. It might turn against you. You never know. <laughs> it's growing. It's growing. Its powers are growing. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. This. Yeah. Well, anyways, thank you both, uh, Jeremy and Emily, for uh, coming on the show and uh, talking about uh, InfoSec Club. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks so much, guys. 
Thanks for tuning in to What the Tech, a podcast powered by the Computer Science Department of UCalgary. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. Also, follow us on Instagram at UFC underscore CPSC for more computer science content. If you have any questions or want to suggest future episode topics, you can also visit anchor.fm slash whatthetech-ucalgary. There, you can leave us a voice message with your questions for a chance to get featured in future episodes. Thanks again for listening. Join us next week for another episode of What the Tech.